Chapter Three of Making Fate by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: An Opportunity. Other households than that of Mrs. Edmonds were more or less affected by the non-appearance of the nutting party. One of these belonged to Mr. Douglas, who was just enough of an invalid to have sleepless nights on very slight provocation. This night was no exception though truth to tell the douglas girls were careless enough to have taught their father long before this the folly of waiting for them he was not exactly anxious over their delay but he was wakeful and listened to every sound which might be wheels and awoke mrs douglas to say that it had grown colder since the rain and to ask if estelle and fanny had wraps with them she good woman as she answered in the affirmative forbore to ask the question which she could not keep from her thoughts namely what earthly good would it do the girls to inquire about that now however being fairly awake she kept him company and they talked over matters and things in general and listened for wheels until the clock struck twelve then mrs douglas said decidedly now father you may as well give the children up and go to sleep it's midnight and they have had more than time to get here since the rain if they were coming the whole crowd have decided to stay at schuyler's till morning i know them they would like nothing better than an excuse to stay all night they can frolic all the evening half the night for that matter and have an early morning ride together in the bargain they aren't going to lose so good an excuse as this for lengthening out their good time i can tell you the nervous father sighed and said when i was young we had to be in the house by ten o'clock you wouldn't have caught my father and mother going to bed if i had been out roving around somewhere until after midnight and to think of girls doing it doesn't seem just the thing mrs douglas opened her lips to say that times were changed since he was young and that the girls were in good company and it wasn't likely any harm could come to them but she was interrupted by a vigorous knocking at the front door there said the father something has happened i knew there would and he sprang out of bed quickly enough to set his enfeebled heart to throbbing for the remainder of the night nothing very serious had happened the mother who was tremblingly struggling into her clothes being in no wise so free from anxiety as she had tried to represent felt a great surge of relief and thanksgiving as she heard the cheery voice of her youngest brother routed you up have i out of a sound sleep that's too bad but it couldn't be helped this time i've only a couple of hours to stop must go on by the express at two-twenty only two hours to stop and they had not seen him in more than a year the clothes went on rapidly after that and by the time the youngest daughter glide having been roused by the sound of voices had slipped into her pretty red wrapper and with her hair in rich yellow-brown waves down her back appeared on the scene they were all in full tide of talk uncle anthony was a favorite guest at this house and the mother thought with a sigh how much her two older daughters were missing evidently the uncle missed some one whom he was anxious to see he kept an eye on the door as he talked 
and seemed to be listening for approaching footsteps. Presently he asked, Where is Estelle and Fanny? This latter name added apparently as an afterthought. He listened to the explanations of their absence with evident disappointment. I am very sorry, he said, more sorry than I can put into words. The fact is, I had a plan. It won't do any good to tell it now, but I wanted to smuggle Estelle off with me. I am on my way to New York, a hurried business trip. That is, I'm in a desperate hurry to get there, but will have some time for sightseeing after one business item of importance is disposed of. And I thought it would be a good opportunity to show Estelle a little of the city. I'm obliged to take the 220 train because it is important that I reach New York before business hours are over tomorrow. You don't think there is any hope that they will get home before that time, I suppose? The mother shook her head anxiously and expressed her deep regret. It would have been an outing that Estelle would have remembered all her life, and the child just longed to see New York. She went to the window and rolled up the shade and peered down the road as though her anxious glance might bring the nutting party into view while the father explained that the girls were not often out like this, and it was not at all according to his ideas, but their mother thought he was over-anxious. Uncle Anthony interrupted him to ask a question of Glyde. "'Why are you not away with the others?' "'Oh, I never am. The girls say that two from a family is enough, that they can't make things into a Douglas party.' They say I must wait and take my turn, and my turn never comes. Her uncle regarded her with an amused smile, and continued to study her as though she were a revelation. Her red wrapper became her well, and the braids of yellow-brown hair which hung down her back seemed to match the dress. She had unusual eyes, too, large and remarkably expressive. They seemed to glow with wonder and suppress delight over the thought of Estelle's opportunity, and to shade with sadness at the same moment over the thought that it was lost. There was a sense in which she was a revelation to her uncle. He was a busy man whose visits to his sister's home were rare and brief, and he had heretofore lavished all his attentions and most of his gifts on Estelle, the second daughter. None of the family had been surprised over this. They knew instinctively that it grew out of the fact that she bore the same name as Uncle Anthony's wife of a month. The young and beautiful Aunt Estelle, whom they had never seen, but of whom they had heard so much. To whom Uncle Anthony had been engaged ever since he was a boy, and for whom he waited during the years when there was a frail little mother who would not be happy if her daughter was out of her sight and to whom the daughter would not give a divided attention. And then the mother had gone to heaven, leaving her daughter to Uncle Anthony's care, for the delayed marriage had been solemnized at last beside the mother's dying bed. And then Aunt Estelle had followed her mother in one short month. No wonder that the niece, Estelle, was the only one who had seemed to interest Uncle Anthony." he even fancied that she looked like the wife he had buried seven years before but to-night he looked at glyde so your turn never comes he said and laughed and then he told himself that she was growing into a very pretty girl 
that he believed after all she looked more like his estelle than the namesake did never realizing poor man that he had grown into the habit of seeing resemblances to his lost treasure in every person or thing which struck his fancy i am so sorry said the mother returning from her fruitless search down the road it will just about break estelle's heart she would go as well as not too her new suit is finished and it would be just the thing to wear i don't see for my part why they need have stayed and then uncle anthony interrupted again suppose i take you glide in estelle's place he laughed over the flash of light which the expressive brown eyes gave and said to himself that there were possibilities about that girl that he had never seen before this while she was saying in tones that trembled with excitement i oh uncle anthony you can't possibly mean it yes he said decidedly i mean it you see it isn't possible for me to wait for estelle and i have set my heart on having some young company along with me this time what do you say esther can't you and she put some ribbons and things into a bag for her and let me have her in an hour's time never were the resources of the douglas family more fully taxed to get any one ready for a journey of some length on an hour's notice is not easy work and to get ready a young girl who had never been away from home and had had no expectation of going at least not for years to come and to do it with the limited resources of the house was an experience to remember glyde brushed her yellow-brown hair in nervous haste and drove the hairpins into her head as she talked mother do you suppose estelle would let me take her sack i shan't be away but a few days and what can i have to wear around me if she won't why she will of course child i'll put it in your satchel and you take that waist of fanny's it just fits you and she will be willing for you to have it i know you needn't wear it much unless you have to but it will make you feel kind of comfortable to have it along oh mother i can't take fanny's waist you don't know how much she thinks of it oh dear i don't believe i ought to go i shall have to borrow so many things from the girls that they have got ready for winter and to borrow them when they are not here too it feels awfully selfish i don't believe uncle anthony would want me if he knew i know he hates selfish people because he is so nice and generous mother isn't it dreadful that estelle isn't here i declare i could cry for her if i had time it will almost break her heart won't it she will think she has been dreadfully used said the mother pushing her own new black stockings which fitted glyde into the bag she was packing but it isn't our fault and i don't know but i am glad you are going it doesn't seem right for estelle and fanny to get all the good times and you always left out sometimes i have thought it was making the girls especially estelle selfish glyde where is your best white skirt i wonder if you let estelle wear it to go nutting why child it will be ruined she will get it all draggled in this rain it is too long for her anyway i don't see what you will do without it how came you to let her take it i didn't let her laughed glyde it hung there and she took it 
oh i can get along without anything mother i believe i would be willing to wear this old red wrapper all the time for the sake of going when i think of it all i feel as though i should fly oh do you suppose i can get ready in time what if estelle should be driving up this minute then i should have to stay at home is it awfully wicked to almost hope that she won't come now until after i am gone no you wouldn't i'll be bound if you shall stay at home this time for estelle or any of the rest of them it was uncle anthony who said this but he muttered it to himself and only the walls of the room where he was washing his hands heard the words he had overheard every word to which glyde and her mother had been saying esther he had said to his sister give me a chance to wash my hands will you i've got some of that miserable colored ink on them from a leaky pen i shall have to throw that pen away i believe so his sister had shown him in haste into the room which estelle and fanny occupied together and glyde unmindful of the transom between that room and the tiny one which belonged to her had talked on in loud eager tones and her uncle had listened and laughed and learned some things selfish is she he had murmured in response to his sister's confession about estelle i shouldn't wonder i have suspected as much myself and i've helped her along in it no doubt and forgotten all about this little cinderella left at home i wish she would wear her red wrapper then she would do for red riding hood but i don't want her to meet the bear then he raised his voice come cinderella it is about time you were ready for the ball we have to get started before the clock strikes you know or the charm will be broken and glyde's voice sank suddenly to a frightened whisper as she said oh mother i forgot he was there what have i been saying about him do you remember nothing bad i guess said mrs douglas regarding her youngest daughter with kindly eyes you never say mean things about people behind their backs i'm sure i don't know what we'll do without you glyde we are so used to having you at home they worked swiftly while they talked and in a very brief space of time the bustle was over and glyde was on her way to the station going to take her first journey of any moment a very quiet sheltered life had she lived during her nineteen years the fact that she was the third daughter had held her back from the most of the gatherings in which her sisters were centres her sisters had been so sure that two out of a family was sufficient and had been so emphatic in their statements to that effect that there had been nothing for glyde but submission therefore it was almost beyond her belief that she was actually on her way to new york her uncle anthony would have been even more pleased than he was with what he had done had he realized the pretty flutter that the little girl who tripped at his side was in a little undertone of almost regret added sweetness to her voice as she talked her father's kiss on both cheeks as she bade him good-bye had been lingering and tender and there had been almost a wistful look in his eyes truth to tell he was a man who of late years had not been able to bid his children good-night without a feeling that perhaps it was good-bye that he might not be there in the morning nothing of this feeling did glyde realize 
or a thousand new yorks could not have taken her away she only knew that his kiss was lingering and his voice low and tender when he bade her good-bye and her mother had said dear me child i am not used to having my youngest chicken go out from the nest it seems very queer i almost wish your uncle hadn't made us do it and yet i'm real glad to have you go and have a frolic neither mother nor father were given to showing their feelings so plainly and glide as she tripped away was conscious of a happy little thrill over the thought that she was of a good deal of consequence in the world after all and that her mother and father would miss her then she went immediately to planning about a certain two-dollar bill which had been in her pocket-book ever since aunt caroline who was ill and could not go out to purchase gifts had sent it to her with directions to purchase a birthday present for herself it had come too late for the birthday and had been spent in imagination on a thousand different things and was in her pocket yet glide thought of it with little quivers of delight of course father and mother and the girls must have some token in remembrance of her trip she would bring them each a present from new york she would divide the money equally among them fifty cents must be able to buy quite a present in that great city where people shopped so much and where there were such immense stores as she had heard of no she would divide it equally between father and mother the girls must do without no that would not do she was sure she would like a present from new york she would spend seventy-five cents on each for father and mother and have a quarter left for each of the girls oh she did not know how she would manage it but in some way that two-dollar bill should conduce to the family joy End of chapter 3